When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please rise for the Grouch Anthem. No, no, no. With a grouch anthem, you stay sitting down. Down in front, man. Now brace yourself, I'm gonna sing. Grouches of the world unite. Stand up for your grouchly right. Don't let the sunshine spoil your rain. right with this world? Nothing. You know what really makes me hot under the collar? You name it. And the next time some goody two-shoes smiles and tells you to have a nice day, you just remember, don't let the sunshine spoil your rain. Just part of this movie, so sit back, relax, and have a rotten time. (laughs) (laughs) I love that part. Tell me, Tom, is that, did you, that movie was made, I believe, in 1986. Do you think the Grouch got it right for today's time? Yeah. You might have. I, I, yeah, it's kind of like everybody's complaining about everything. And yeah. here we are. It, it, it's amazing, and I love that song. And, by the way, Mr. Spinning died today, and he sang that song. Yeah, he'll be missed, man. That was that's classic. That was classic stuff. Yeah, and I mean, he was also Big Bird. Yeah. And yep. I don't know if you uh, noticed um, on Nick. Where did we see that uh, documentary where it was Carol Spinning doing? Oh, we saw it on Hulu, I think. 
Yeah, there is a. It would be a, a whole big documentary about him. He's really great. Yeah, there. Yeah, there was a great documentary, and when he did Big Bird, he had eight cameras inside the body, and he had to move everything, and he couldn't even see. Only thing he can see was the cameras that were outside his body. It was it was an amazing documentary, and if everybody, how are you doing, Tom? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good, considering I got kind of a sinusy thing going on, so my voice sounds kind of, my voice goes in and out, and my sinuses are congested, but getting over it, finally. Been going on for a week, and I had shoulder surgery two weeks ago, and that's going pretty good. Been rehabbed five times already, so, you know, other than that, I'm doing okay. Yeah. I'm off for work. For, for about three months this whole winter, so I get a lot of writing done this time. I'll get a lot of writing done, so you know, might be able to finish a book or two if I really so apply myself. What are your plans on writing? Give us a little sneak peek. Well, I finished in Rod We Trust, which is in Nicholas's hands, and I'm kind of working on in Rod We Trust again, in Rod We Trust some more, and The Werewolves of Dracula, which is a novel about a town. In Transylvania, and uh, a paranormal investigator is investigating the disappearance of a friend and colleague who had been researching the town. So he's going through the whole history from the earliest they could record till up to modern day until his disappearance. And he's trying to figure out there's something going on there. And there's kind of uh, slight mentions of werewolves and vampires there. So, so stay tuned. It's kind of written in diary, journal, letter form. So you know. That tells the history. I thought I'd try something a little different. So I play every individual character that's writing a letter, so I had to kind of do a little bit different, make sure I word stuff different. So it's kind of, it's a little of a challenge, but it's fun. When I hit a dry spell with that. never stops, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. When I hit a dry spell with a novel, then I go write a short story, then I come back. So, you know, so that way I'm always kind of staying busy, active. So, yeah, your brain's like a little hamster wheel. Kind of, yeah. I, I guess I mean, my wife said, she goes, I was listening to something on writers and their thought processes and how they come up with stuff. And you'll look at something and you'll see a story in that. And then it's, it's kind of interesting how to see how your other writers and they're like your thought process, your thought processes like that, how you kind of climb onto something and think, hey, that could be a story, you know. Just to give you an idea, um, Somebody at work had a, a bumper sticker that said roadkill on it. And I thought, well, what if it was a car that was kind of menacing people? And that's what, you know, you know, come around every few years and had, you know, I titled it roadkill. So, you know, it's kind of a story idea I got in the works somewhere down the road. So it's kind of weird that way. Now I got a lot of idle time that's- work and just kind of, you know, think even more. Yeah, that's actually kind of cool because uh, we had uh, Basil the Comedian on my show. And the first time I had him on the show, he's been on here a couple of times. And the first thing I I asked him, I was like, how do you write jokes? And he's like, he said exactly what you said is you got to look around. 
there's comedy all around. There could be this guy sitting on a bench, and he's going to do something kind of like the bumper sticker. You know, he's going to do something, and you got a joke. You just got to look around. Yeah, I mean, you do. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. So what are you doing for the Christmas? Uh, we're going to have our, two of our kids live out of town, so we're having them come in. So we'll have, you know, basically them in from the 21st to the, about the 25th. So one of our kids lives in town and two others live out of town. So we'll have them, you know, for about four days stretch off, you know, at different junctures. But they'll all will be in until Christmas Eve. So that's what we're doing. Oh, have you bought the Christmas gifts yet? I'm in the process of doing it. I mean, we bought some online, so we kind of cheated. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, are you listening to Christmas music yet? Well, my wife has it on a lot in her car and everything. And, you know, I, I get to the point where I start changing the lyrics to Christmas songs to make them dirty or obscene. Like, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas as I'm beginning to drink a lot at Christmas. Every bar I go, I'm drinking from five to 10 and doing it again and again, you know, or, you know, shit like that. Just kind of, you know, um, where, you know, you change the lyrics, you know, you make them, you know, I eat like a hippopotamus for Christmas, you know, so, you know, just to have fun with it. Oh my gosh, I love that song. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Only a hippopotamus will do. Oh my gosh, in other words. Well, I like that song. I just I just changed the lyrics after a while. I ate like a hippopotamus for Christmas. I ate like what? possibly one or even two, you know. What? Oh, you know, you know what? I I did sing a Christmas uh, song tonight, and I tried to sing it in opera. I don't know if I can get her back. I think she's taking oh. a nap. My cat oh. actually bit me in the eye. Ooh. Thank goodness for my singing voice. She war- She gave me a warning shot once, Tom. She... Mm-hmm you know, attacked my arm, and then I kept singing in opera, and then she came back, and just by luck, I closed my eye at the proper time, and she, Nick is a witness to this, she bit my eye. (laughs) Wow. She really hated my singing. Let me see if I can get her again. Okay. Okay. Nick Nick said don't do it. She's relaxed. Okay, so how about if we play what I think is, and Tom, tell me if you agree, I think this is the one, the worst Christmas song of all time. I think it's probably in the top ten. So this is Christmas. What have you done? Another year over, and you won't just be gone. 
all respect yeah, that's to one John depressing Lennon, song. and it it is his anniversary of his death so many years ago. But I, I I like the fact that he says, "Hey, Merry Christmas!" But what have you done? Well, I mean, you know, we all get another year older, so I think it was just in that time period when he was bitter and mad and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But well, you know who else passed away today was that Renee Abbott. He was Benson. He played on Benson and on Star Trek, and he was the voice of the chef and the Little Mermaid and Ab- Aubrey Jolinoy or what I can't pronounce his name. Character actor. He's a lot of stuff. Yeah, it 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 is a sad day in in everything. It it everybody's dying. It's the anniversary. Everything. Must be that time of year you get people dying at the end of the year or something. But oh, he was Father Mokehi in the original movie Mash. And he played Odo or Udo or something like you know in the Star Deep Deep Space Nine. Odo, that's his name. I, Odo. I, I wish I could say that I've seen it, but I have not. Well, he played in a lot of stuff. He was in the original MASH. He played Odo in Deep Space Nine. Um, I'm trying to think what other movies he was in. He worked consistently from the 60s. He's always playing something. I think he was in The Patriot, too. I think he played a minister in The Patriot, too. If I don't remember correctly. He played Clayton and Benson. Huh? I've seen I've seen the television show Benson. That was yeah. a great. Yeah. They always played like so, fluky, funny characters too that would make fun of you know. But I you, uh, I was I remember what I was doing when uh, John, I found out John Lennon died. I just got off. I worked at a Dunkin' Donuts and I baked the night shift and I got off early. Went home and watched. Thursday night football, and it came on. I was watching it in my room, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I mean, I was nineteen. Yeah, I I was young <laughs> when that happened. Uh, nineteen eighty, I was eight years old, and yeah, that was a big deal. That was really considered the time when rock and roll died. Kind of, yeah, you had disco out and then just the pre, the early eras of rap and, you know, oh, and you had punk out. Yeah. You had the new wave and punk out then, too. Yeah, and um, his, his, oh, I can't think of the song. His son did a really good Anyways, back to John Lennon. When it when it happened, it really and truly, like, the whole world mourned his death. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I mean, he probably had his detractors out there, and I didn't agree with his politics, but you got to figure he was one-fourth of the greatest band that ever existed. I mean, I mean, 
they changed music and art and fashion and every a lot of things. I mean, so I mean, Davis Bell just Bottoms. to let you know, yeah, my favorite song of his was "In My Life." That's my all-time favorite song from the Rubber Soul album. I think that's the most personal and relatable song he ever wrote. You know. One one of my favorite songs, well, my favorite song by him, I did have the White Album also. Um, My favorite song, though, by John Lennon was Jealous Guy. It was was not a big hit for him, and I think that's probably why I liked it more was I'm Just a Jealous Guy. Okay. Yeah, that was one of the later ones. That was that was a good song. That was on that last album he did, wasn't it? Yeah. No, that was on the Imagine album. Yeah, I I I love I love that song. I think that's one of my favorite songs by him. He wrote a lot of songs about himself because he just he you know, kind of describing them you know how he's feeling and everything at different times. You know, I mean, he was a conflicted, tortured artist, I guess, you know. He wasn't always right or pretty or good, but, I mean, he was kind of honest about himself. You know, I mean, everybody thinks... I'm bad. All right. Uh, Let's play one of the... Here, here, speaking of... um, I like this song. Uh, let me find it. Uh, Diamond. Blooper questions. Five years. Here is also because we are talking about sincere songs. Um, don't bite your friends. No, that's not what we want. Uh, Nick Casella. Ah, oh, Nick Casella. All right. Here's a song, actually, when we're going back to Big Bird. Um, and you've never seen Follow That Bird, Tom? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. A long time ago when my kids were little. Yeah, tell me if this song actually means a lot to me because uh, when I was. We grew up in, well, I was born in Florida. We grew up in South Carolina. We moved to Michigan, and that's when this song came out. And the only thing I wanted to do was go back. My bird's upset. You hear my bird yelling? Yep, I hear him. And maybe he's born in the guy, too, you know? Hey. Say hi, booby. Okay, so... When I was in Michigan, the only thing I wanted to do was go back home to South Carolina. And this song meant so much to me. And it was sung by the great Carol, who was Big Bird. Oh, yeah. I'm a bluebird that's been dreaming of a rainbow 
Condition. 
Yeah, I used to have that record at Kardafsky Chekelman office do. It says it's the most yeah. remarkable bird I've ever seen. <laughs> hey, Francie, aren't you off that they're doing a, aren't you pissed off, Francie, that they're doing a remake uh, uh to follow that bird? What are you talking about, Nick? Oh, you're Nick? kidding. I, I thought you're pissed off. Uh, Martin Scorsese is remaking it. Robert De Niro's going to play Big Bird. And it's supposed to be like a rated R version of Follow That Bird, where there's a lot of bloodshed. What's he going to do, do, sing this or I'll kill you, motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> God, that, that's kind of warped. I don't know. I kind of like it, but I, I, I don't like it, too, so I don't know. <laughs> the jaded part of me kind of likes it. The part that likes to see, you know, innocence and things left alone hates it. So I guess I'm conflicted. <laughs> Guess it would only be for adults. Yeah, it just it just kind of it's kind of like sad today because it's like one of the great icons of rock and roll. You know, forty years ago he was was it forty eight nineteen eighty or seventy nine. Eighty. Eighty. Thirty nine years ago, and then you got you know Big Bird's guy dying and today, then and then that character record. It's just. Biggest icon on, well, no, no disrespect to Mr. Rogers, which we did a show, which mm-hmm. we did a show for him, which was a great show. Now you got Big Bird who and Oscar the Grouch who just passed away. Yeah. I mean, everything is it's mind-blowing. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, boy, what a week, you know? Yeah. Had to have Nick say that oh. title of that song again. That's funny because I can't say it in my current sinus. He can. I used to be able to imitate Big Bird, but I couldn't even do it now with my sinuses being like they are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Big Bird. Great. You know, I don't even sound like close to him. You know. <laughs> no, you you got pretty close. Uh, I don't think I could. I'm Big Bird. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do it for my kids when they were little. No, it's like been a while. I had to say it for my granddaughter. But, yeah, just kind of, wow, you know. I wonder what, who they're going to put, you know, replace him with, you know, uh, put in the bird suit, so to speak. Uh, you know what? I should, I should have uploaded where Big Bird was talking about death. We should have played that. You know, it's kind of ironic because a couple of weeks ago I saw, like, uh, Bert and Ernie were having Thanksgiving and they had cartoons and they were wondering where the hell Big Bird was and here's this big-sized turkey on the table with all the <laughs> Muppets around. <laughs> They're all going to hell. I had a dog oh. that I loved very much. Her name was Mitzi. Mm-hmm. And she got to be old. And she died. Okay. <laughs> hmm. I just thought it was funny. Was a funny that, cartoon. It was yeah. on Facebook. I've seen it. And it was just kind of, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, what what kind of bird is he? He's a big bird, but is he edible? <laughs> it's, it's kind of it like goofy. <laughs> is he a dog or is he a, what the hell is he? Yeah. We know Poodle's a dog, but, you know. 
I don't know. I guess that's a question for the ages. We could answer another time, I guess, you know. But, yeah, like you said, Francie, it's kind of been a sad kind of, wow, melancholy day, you know, both past and present, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm seeing, you know, like most, a lot of my friends say, oh, on Facebook, I see all these, you know, obituaries of stars and stuff. I was like, man, damn, this has been, the end of this year has been kind of, you know, seems like every other week or, or at least once a week there's somebody going. Yeah, they usually die in threes, but it looks like they're dying in, well, they died in threes today. Yeah, three three groups of threes, you know, <laughs> you know, Jesus, you know. Yeah, it is kind of sad to, and you know, you you do lose Big Bird again. Not again. Yeah. Well, he was well, I mean, Thanksgiving dinner. I figure the the first time I seen him, I was. 10 years old when PBS came on with Sesame Street and we just happened to just turn on the channel. I was over at a neighbor's house and her mother was watching me because we went to school half the day and it was in the afternoon and I was just sitting there, oh, this is different, you know, and we were watching, it was for younger kids, but we were sitting there, oh, this is pretty good, you know, and, and the characters and all that, and I think, God, I was 10. I'm 59 now, so God, that's almost been a cent- half a century that, you know, that character that, you know, he'd seen him in other things. And I think even one of my kids had a big bird doll, you know, one of my daughters. It was about three, two or three I'm foot tall, to too. I'm trying to think of a documentary that was – I'm trying to think of a documentary. It is a documentary made by – and Nick, uh, he said, you got to see this documentary. And it was of Carol Sweeney. And it was of him coming out as, you know, making Big Bird. All the cameras that are inside that costume and everything he had to do and then he had to do Groucho, I will post it. Um, I need Nick to tell me the documentary because it was a fantastic documentary in fact it's going to make you cry let me see if I can find it on YouTube right huh like the Mr. Rogers one that was moving too pretty moving you know oh yeah I thought Big Bird died on November 25th, because that's what we had for Thanksgiving. That's what... (laughs) Honey, you're 15 minutes late. Tom Sawyer already said that. What? (laughs) Well, you know, there's something to be said about lifelines. I'm just wondering what happened to the beak. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, I, I I will post this and um Tom, you gotta watch this documentary. It's really amazing of everything he had to do to become Big Bird. And follow that bird. There was a lot more my bird is speaking of bird. He's What did you just do? She 
she just broke her toy. The bell is now at the bottom of your cage, and now you're wondering what you did. Well, she's in mourning. Maybe she had a crush on Big Bird. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's an idea. (laughs) She's really upset. All right, um, Tom, I'm going to play for you one of my guilty pleasures of Christmas music. And please don't, uh, are you ready to hear it? Yep, I want to hear it. All right, don't think of me any less than this. Ho, ho, ho! Oh, little train, my little elf, another great Christmas. Ah, man, it's fun, it's fun. Same thing every year. So let's have a funky Christmas. Go on down and go. Come on, come on. Uh-huh. Ho, ho, ho. Hey, where's that piece coming from? Check it out. Yeah. 
and good jokes. You know? My love is so strong for you, it's like diarrhea, and I can no longer hold it in. (laughs) Your turn, Tom. Oh. All about the jokes? Hey, you know why Big Bird didn't rub his eyes in the morning when he woke up? Because his pecker was Why? on his face. Because his pecker was because on his what? face. His pecker. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I... Bird. Pardon? <laughs> hey, uh, Francie, uh, did you know that Carol Spinney had a band in the 90s? Uh, they were all dressed like Big Bird. They were called the Spinney Doctors. That was terrible, too, wasn't it? Nick's going to hell. It was better than the last one. He did say that was better than the last one. Was that better better than my diarrhea joke? Well, it's uh, not quite.
Tom. Yo. I couldn't hear what he said. I couldn't hear what he He said. said, My hearing's a little off, too. Talk to everybody that's listening right now and where we can find you and talk about your books. Okay. Well, Well, I'm on Facebook a lot. And and go to Black Bedsheet Books for uh, Shadows in the Dark, Dark Harbors, From Paradise to Hell, Whiteout, The Thing from Uranus, and Hopefully this next year, in a few months, uh, uh, in Rod we trust. Um, Oh, I will be at Dark December at the Novi Sheraton next Sunday from 10 to 6. So be sure to have a scary Christmas, you know, for all the people that like horror-related gifts. There will be other authors, toy makers, all kinds of horror-related, sci-fi-related stuff to buy those people that like dark stuff for Christmas. So. I'll be there next Sunday. Well, isn't that groovy, Tom? Pardon? Here I am. Yeah, I oh. I just I got to tell you, I guess well we're still live and everything, but I I'm just I've been working uh, throughout the show uh, off and on today and stuff uh, mm-hmm. uh, on a, a proposal, uh, kind of um, going through a proposal, adding things to it that uh, Joe Mo. Um, of uh, like uh, uh, Forrest J. Ackerman, uh, um, and uh, he's he's done a lot of uh, he, he's mostly associated with uh, Monster Palooza, uh, not Monster Palooza, uh, Mad Monster Party convention, and okay. uh, uh, yeah, and uh, and stuff. Uh, uh, he's he's really great. Um, I'm uh, combining forces with him and Days of the Dead, the Days of the Dead convention. Oh, cool. Uh, uh, has uh, about uh, cool. five conventions going on next year, and we're doing a unique anthology. Um, and uh, just about um, uh, ready to like seal the deal. And I've been going through like all the particulars about you know uh, the uh, author mm-hmm. submissions. They have to be authors that um, um, that are um, uh, that are around um, the locale of each convention and the mm-hmm. stories submitted to each anthology uh, for each convention is, um, is going to be associated with that state and with that region. And so it's very particular. And then the authors that we uh, choose to be a part of that anthology, they can do the signings at the convention. They get to bring them and somebody else to the convention for free and uh, they get like publicity and all the blah 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 and everything, and it, it, in cooperation with Black Bedsheet Books, Days of the Dead, and Joe Mo. And so I'm oh, that'd be about great because I really do the Chicago like, show. It, it, it's an unofficial announcement, but uh, being that uh, you know, uh, I'm just I'm working on it and everything, and then um, and then uh, um, uh, oh, uh, I don't know <laughs> because I'm talking to you, and I just had to just get the phone from Francie. Uh, so that's that's going to be really cool. Also, something else that's coming up all of a sudden too is it turns out that Raina Young is getting together with Mo Whalen, um, who's a, a a horror actress, and uh, they're going to be putting together. I I just said they gave them the okay 
to put together an anthology for next year that's uh, strictly a, a horror women's anthology. Uh, and so that's that's going to be really great, too. Well, that's uh, cool. A lot of great stuff. Um, you know, uh, <clears throat> 2020 is going to be a year where, um, uh, a- as far as I'm concerned, and, uh, I've had some time, too. I still have, like, uh, a little less than a month to get things right, but... Uh, I've I've had a an opportunity unlike most other years where it seems like I'm constantly busy to kind of like breathe and get my act together and get things in my personal life done and other stuff taken care of so where I can I can breathe enough uh, I I don't have like a ton of books coming out this Christmas I you know I I I had sales on my website and different things and stuff but it's not you know it, it it's um something that I can actually like uh uh, plan um, and breathe and plan and make a good year next year. Next year is 2020, and all I can think of when I think of 2020, besides the damn show on TV, is that um, the year uh, represents um, clarity and clear vision. <laughs> cool. It's actually yeah, true. That. It sounds like you got, you know, you're going to you have know, an eventful um, year coming up. Uh, I'm beginning to see it uh, with a lot of clarity even before it happens, just in planning it with black bedsheet books and stuff. And and so you're going to have your uh, little Twilight Zone thing uh, coming out, too. That's exciting. Uh, a lot of oh, yeah, stuff. I'm... And so I'm carefully planning it instead of, like, usually I feel rushed and stuff, and I don't. Um, and with my dad passing... And all the stuff that uh, has come up, and also with the big black bedsheet books, um, Halloween Bash, where I've had for the first time um, other authors come in and stuff, that that took a lot of time. And so, you know, but um, uh, I, uh, I've been dealing with that and uh, um, got got things done for better or for worse, and. Um, uh, it just kind of seems like uh, next year is actually going to be a good year. Uh, don't want to knock on wood. You know what I mean? I'll tell you, Nicholas. I'm really pumped for it. I think it's going to be, you know, you know. I'm, I already made some postcards promoting in Rod. We trust at this thing coming up Sunday and uh, the show I'm doing in April. And uh, I just I think that it's going to be a very good year for both of us. Yeah, yeah, I think so, and for a lot of our authors and associates, and and, other, and the other authors too. Yeah, I know, and friends. Sorry to sound so soft, so I didn't want to speak for them, but I, I, yeah, I, for everybody, I, I think. Yeah, I think a lot of us are yep. going to have a very good year. Most of us, probably all of us, that'd be good. So, yeah, you know. that's, that's very cool. And you know, um, as I as I go through life in my writing and publishing career. There's things that I focus on, things that I do not focus on. And not to say that other people shouldn't focus on those things that I do not, like politics and the way that the world mm-hmm. works nowadays and the whole, like the Trump thing, the Democrat thing, the this and the that and the other and stuff. I just kind of focus on what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I've got opinions about stuff and whatever, but, you know, as long as we just focus on what we're doing – the world can like keep going around us, but we will get far as long as we focus. Yeah, stay in our own little world and keep going forward. You know, with all yeah, the stuff going much. around us. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think like that's how it. we have to be. 
Yeah, that, that's know, the way so. that that world works generally. It, it doesn't yeah. it tend to seem like that uh, there's uh, there's people that um, have more money than us, more power than uh, more this. They have got companies. They and you know the things that you see on TV and the stuff that goes around and stuff. But that's not like your your own private life. That's not your own house. Sometimes things happen and stuff, and all of a sudden you're catapulted <laughs> on the news for you know for reasons of mm-hmm. fate. But, um, but you know, at the same time, uh, um, uh, we all got to make a living. We all got to focus on our jobs. We yeah. all got to focus on our families and, and things. And when we put ourselves in a capsule like that, it, it kind of has a barrier in a way, not a barrier of ignorance, uh, but uh, just of like, um, you know, like, okay, you know, I uh, – I can't spend too much time thinking about this other stuff because I am focused on what I'm trying to do. And, yep. um, and more often than not, what we're trying to do has, um, uh, if we're successful, we can affect the world. Um, uh, like, like entertainers and in our case, storytellers and, and, uh, you know, people, people use our medium for entertainment and inspiration and, uh, uh, and everything. We're not politicians trying to change the world. We're trying to tell people stories, influence, and entertain. And um, and that's something that we can do uh, pretty much uh, uh, no matter how the world works. We could just keep doing what we're doing. We've got that. We're not like in a tech um, business environment where politics can uh, change, where we can get um, we can get fired. Uh, or laid off because they're going to regroup and do something else and because of money reasons and stuff. As long as you, like, write and write good and have outlets for your writing and and as, uh, um, and, uh, as well as not just writing but, you know, any artist, any, any kind of creative type folk that has something really genuine to present to the world, that's, like, uh, the greatest thing in the world, and that regardless of what goes on in the world. I mean, history teaches us this, too, no matter what has ever happened in life. All the creative folk, all their stuff resonates throughout the world and resonates through time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I can go on and on about that. That isn't about no, no, I, I could, just, too. I, I don't blame you. I like, to, like, like hearing you talk Because about I'm it. really inspired with stuff that I'm doing right now, too. It's going to be great. Your stuff's going to be great. I agree. I sound like Trump right now. Everybody's going to be great. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I like but, the positive. It's, it's great. It's, I mean, I'm here. I'm echoing you. It's, it's fun. I, I'm looking forward to 2020. Uh, this is all exciting. It's uh, How could you not go on and on about it? I mean, it's, uh, like I said, I think 2020 is going to be a very special year for all of us. I, I do. I think, you know, I think we're hitting our stride and going forward. Yeah, you know, I think so. I, and uh, the, the more successful Black Bedsheet Books gets, the more capable I am of doing other things that I really want to do beyond just publishing books, but actually going out there. Uh, for instance, it would be really great uh, for me to hook up with you at a convention at some point, too. I've never met you face-to-face either. Yeah. So, you know, to be able to do stuff like that, it's, you know, we just one step at a time. Yeah. But, that, well, you friends. know, things like that are... Um, I want to travel again. Yeah, I had friends uh, through Days and, of the Dead so, in Chicago, so they said that was really an experience. You know, I mean, uh, was, they sold out of books and everything. They said, and 
that did really well there. And they were just two independents that formed their own little independent publishing company to publish their own stuff. And they did pretty well there. They had a good time and everything. So it was like, well, that's good. I, I, I've, I've considered doing it, but it's just been, well, the last few years have been kind of hectic and I had kids getting married and stuff like that. And, you know, so, but it just, it sounds very exciting and promising. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because I like to be a uh, person and sit around and shoot the bull about talking about writing. I could go all day talking about writing. Well, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I just went off in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> go on. Well, that's okay. That was and great hearing it. I mean, that was. I mean, I think but, that's uh, what us yeah, writers do. We uh, go on forever uh, about what we love. Thing, uh, with this Days of the Dead thing, since it's going to be regional across the, the U.S., um, I, I'm going to try to see if I can make it so that. Um, anybody that's in that region like you, if Days of the Dead mm-hmm. happens to be anywhere near your territory or any other authors, then we'd be able to hook you guys up with the convention somehow as well. I, I'm not sure how that – I mean, it all really depends on on what uh, what Bill wants to do, uh, who's, who's running the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but I know he does uh, yeah, one in but, Ohio I mean, and one where, in Chicago. Um, he does one in Ohio and one in Illinois, I think, doesn't he? I think. Cleveland or Cincinnati or somewhere like that, or is that something I gotta else I'm look at of? the paperwork that I got, the thing that I'm working on right now, because Jomo has it all outlined for me. Um, but uh, it, he, they're doing five conventions next year. Uh, one is going to be in Atlanta, okay. I think. And yeah, no one's in Atlanta. I, but um, yeah, so but yeah, but they do one in Chicago. I know that for sure. Here, I'm looking it up. You got Charlotte, Chicago, Atlanta, Las Vegas, Indianapolis, and Dallas. So Indianapolis and uh-huh. Chicago are pretty close. Yeah. I mean they're they're pretty you know they're within a you know a, you know I can three or four hours drive so. Awesomeness. Yeah, yeah I don't know if I'd be able to personally go to any of these. Um, I know I, I'm going to probably go to uh, the new Sinister Creature Con that's going to be here in Sacramento in June, get some of my local authors here. Like There's always, like, you know, Raina, Fred Weehy in the Bay Area and stuff that are close by. But um, I, I, it's very possible that I might um, end up, like, somehow making my way to one of these Days of the Dead things personally, and that wouldn't that be a hoot, especially one, you know, near you. Um, I'm going to try yeah, the to work on The one in Chicago is going to have a uh, pretty good guest at it, too. Jennifer Blank Bine, Michael Bine from Aliens in the Abyss. Uh, Steve Guttenberg. I always thought it was Michael Bean, <laughs> but I Bean? think it's Bine. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce his name either. I'm never sure. Skeet Ulrich, Richard Dreyfuss is going to be there. That's a big name. Ooh. Then you got the kids. Oh, wow. Then you got the kids from the, the It movie. Um, I'm looking it oh. up, yeah. So you got, yeah, you got some and decent like that she, your presence there um, at all of them. Without that's the thing too is uh, it's it's great to um, when uh, when it comes to authors, well, like authors like you attending conventions mm-hmm. throughout the U.S. and in other countries, and um, uh, it's like an extension. I kind of feel like because I'm I'm the publisher, it's a little extension of me that's out there that didn't have to actually fly to be there, but. And, you know, it's it's really all well, yeah, about we do. you. We represent you. Oh, and it, Black Bedsheet Books is a prominent thing, uh, just, you know, behind the, uh, the blah, blah, blah. 
<laughs> so, yeah. you know, but uh, at that Yeah, the um, Indianapolis show, Nicholas, is July 17th to 19th, and the Chicago show is November 22nd to 24th. Oh, 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 it is possible. A lot can happen next year. I yeah. think uh, uh, the, um, the uh, like Francie always says, the lady, uh, I just heard her, like, say something like 90, 90 seconds. So I'm going to uh, oh. bring it back to France. Uh, but, yeah, a okay. lot of great news. Where is Francie? Francie. You know what? I think she actually, she's not here. She probably went potty. So I guess I'm going to have to close the show. Just play okay. talking on the phone. Oh, and you got to go, you got to go. <laughs> you know? I guess so. She just uh, just let us talk. And t- I told her, you know, I don't have much time to talk on the show tonight because I've got a lot of work to do. Uh, but I just kind of, you know, I've been dying to tell people this. So, and, oh, and I cool. I'm, I'm excited, Nicholas. I really am. I mean, I'm pumped. I, I'm, me and my wife are really pumped about this next year because she read my stories from, you know, for In Rod We Trust. She goes, I really love your Twilight Zone stuff. It's really cool. It's different. It's not just horror and sci-fi. It's other stuff, fantasy stuff and everything. And you got happy stories and different stories. And I go, okay, cool. I know if you're happy, then I got a broader audience to look forward to. And and uh, like Dee Wallace said, I, I, I know I told you, what she, I told her about, I was writing this book. She said, oh, Tom, I want a copy because I'm a big Twilight Zone fan. You got to have a copy for Motor City Nightmares in April for me. So, you know, I was like, okay. And then William Forsythe says, yeah, you know, I like your stuff too. So it's like, okay, if I can get some celebrities liking it, you know, that's. That would be great if I could get like an endorsement from whoever owns the rights. I don't even know, but it would be great. I'm going to pursue that. Okay. Uh, Yeah, it should just, um, you know, just like, uh, put it on my schedule and wake up one morning and, and, and go, oh, okay, let's see who owns the Twilight Zone rights, see if they can. We don't really need them, but well, it would Riot be great. or CBS does. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's something like, yeah, somebody, some big corporate something or other. Mm-hmm. But, but when I was uh, telling D. Wallace, know. it was like, God, that made my, like, Oh, you got to finish this, Tom, because that's story is you're telling me that you're right, that you got written and you're writing. She goes, I want one. She goes, I love that stuff. And it's like, okay, cool. You know, that's, you know, because, I mean, I think of her from Cujo and Howling and, you know, other movies, you know. Oh, yeah, D. Well, so I see her great. every April at the same convention. And for the last 10 years that we've been doing together, so we kind of, you know, we've traded books and, She's given me an autographed photo before for a book, and, you know. Oh, yeah, I gave her a copy uh, once of my uh, uh, first collection, Diverse Tales, and uh, uh, and uh, she uh, signed a photo of me. It's on my – a photo of her, and I um, – it's on my wall uh, uh, where I keep my uh, – in my media room where I keep my movies and all mm-hmm. my celebrity photos I get over the years from all the conventions and stuff. <laughs> It's uh, I I get a lot of those just by um, you know going up to tables saying hey uh, I'll make you an offer you can't refuse I'll I'll give you one of my books and sign it for you if you like give me one of your uh, photos and sign it for me and I'll put it on a frame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's just a nice time. lady overall. I mean that's just you know like I said I've been doing Motor City Nightmares for the last ten years and she's been doing it at the same time 
And, you know, she'll come by and say, hey, it's like old home week. And this guy, this young author who's been, we've been sharing a table the last couple of years, goes, God, D. Walsh uh-huh. has come over and started talking to you. And I go, yeah, it's a much more intimate show than the bigger cons like Motor City Comic Con where it's huge and you're cordoned off and you're away from people. You can go right up and talk to them and everything. It's just, you know. She's been teaching acting classes in Los Angeles. I, I'm not sure if she does it anymore, but uh, last I heard, she's she's been doing that. Oh, well, she actually told me. Oh, cool. Me. Oh, yeah. And imagine imagine that being in a class with uh, uh, um acting class in L.A. with her, but even more so, Jeff Goldblum does that, too. Imagine being a, mm. one of Jeff Goldblum's students. I, I was yeah. one of Walter Koenig's students, so there's, you know, a lot of, like, uh, celebrity actors and stuff, they they go that route, um, uh, you know, um, between movies and things. They just have their own, like, little acting things. And it's it's really cool. That would be amazing to yeah. actually be tutored by one of them and, Acting is not my forte, though, right? It is in publishing. No, I got about a, you know. a mon- I'm too monotone, and I couldn't act my way out of a paper bag. I respect those that can. I just, you know, they can look like they're chameleons on screen. They can be a different character each time, and it's like, man, I don't know how they do it, but I just. Yeah. Um, I tried to be an actor know- in the mid '80s, and I I did like uh, in doing so, I pounded the pavements in Hollywood. And uh, I have a lot of, you know, for another time to talk about. Um, and I was in Masters of the Universe as an extra and 52 Pickup and, oh, Night of the Creeps was great. And a lot of things. But um, I really, looking back at that, uh, with all the classes that I took, even in college and stuff, I took classes even in high school. And I, I really just didn't get it. And nowadays, I think I do. I think I can. I, I, I think it has a lot to do with self-esteem too, and with like, like things that are deep inside you that you have to just kind of let out. And and I'll, I think I'm more relaxed enough now to act better than I thought I could back then. Uh, but in my scenario, with publishing and writing and stuff. What I would I would welcome I would absolutely love uh, is to like uh, you know uh, be in, enough immersed in the industry to do a cameo here and there that would be like fantastic mm-hmm. just something like I'm in a bar and I say a line <laughs> it would be great yeah that's all I need is I'm doing everything I'm supposed to anyway um, but yeah that you know even all of us wouldn't that be great to just you know uh, Tom Sawyer uh, has this part in this Martin Scorsese movie? Uh, does this one line? Yeah, I think I'd rather have the the story and have the story done. You know, preferably Steven Spielberg or John Carpenter or something like that. You know. Oh, or something like that. Yeah. Or or yeah, the ultimate yeah. thing. I I don't know about you. I'm almost absolutely sure, but I know as hell about me. I would like. Um, I would. I would drop everything. Um, to, if somebody offered me a part in a movie where I got killed in a horrible way, <laughs> uh, like you know, in a like a thing, uh, like the thing, if like you know, hey, yeah. hey, Tom, we're making this movie. It's got a pretty big budget. We'd like you to play this part where you turn into this creature and somebody blows your head off. How how'd you like to do that? <laughs> I bet you'd say, hell yeah. Oh yeah. I actually one time was on a, a thing called Wolfman Max Chiller Drive-In, and I played an axe murderer hiding in the closet because I won a 
they were giving out free walk-on roles or speak, non-speaking walk-on roles. And I was the guy holding an ax in a closet. And it was like a uh, Abbott and Costello movie where you open the door and one guy seen him, he closed it. And the other guy opened the door and didn't see him, you know. So I was the guy that was the killer in the closet. Ah. That was, that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. I just had to snarl and oh, think like I'm going to hit him with an ax. <laughs> there so. was this um, this one. You saw that um, there's a, this one movie I was trying to do um, early on uh, about 15 years ago. Uh, uh, Cutting edges. Still want to do it, but mm. uh, do you remember a trailer I posted on YouTube where I'm the shaving cream creature? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I, I really wanted to like... do that. I, I it's um I got the screenplay in. Um, my collection, Red, Wet, Dirt, at the end, um, but um, really wanted to. Maybe if you know the, maybe if um, the stars are right for me, or God willing, however you want to say it, I, I can actually get to make that real. That that would be fantastic. But um, the guy that um, that brought his camera crew over to uh, to film that and put that together, he had me in a in a tiny tiny short uh, horror film. Oh, I forgot the name of it now. It's on IMDb, but uh, I, it lists me as a dog boy. But um, you can hardly even recognize me, but I'm in this cellar with about three other guys uh, with a, with, uh, in chains barking like a dog. Um, and the, this girl, serial killer, like a psycho girl, is bringing this new guy down into the cellar to join us. And it's like uh, it's like a ten-minute short done by the guy that did the Cutting Edges trailer for me, um, Jonathan Morkin. Um, I wonder where he is. He actually um, he really wanted to do a lot of uh, of uh, movie stuff, and I see him at conventions every once in a while. But he mostly promotes uh, a DVD line of um, uh. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, public domain uh, uh, horror movies that he puts up, but he—I don't know. I got to hook up with him again. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, yeah, oh. uh, that you know. Oh, I mean, outside of my extras in the '80s, that that was my last like little, like little tidbit on film. A dog boy. Yeah. Dog boy. We gotta. We gotta. Um, that that would be something original and innovative to do is get some of my authors like you together and for us to make a movie. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Real just cool. put a movie together for us. <laughs> I, <laughs> if I had a nickel for every author that says, you know, do you have any ties with like Hollywood? Can I, uh, and I've tried, I, I think I still pay money online for, um, uh, Oh, what's the website? Um, a producers something or other uh, where they um, they only allow you to promote like five titles. I'm not sure if one of yours is up there. Uh, I forgot what's up there, except I think the Vincent Price book is up there um, for like producers to like look at and browse through ideas and things. And I pay money to have that there so that people can see it. And it's never done anything for me. But um, uh, authors have always like um, – uh, that uh, I, out of all the authors that have had Nick Casella, God rest his soul, um, he was starting to do novelizations for 
um, independent films, and I wanted to get other authors into that and um, to pursue that kind of thing because I still think to right now as we're talking that that's a great idea. Um, people are making independent horror yeah. films all the time, and to hook up with that kind of with that production, that small production, I, I'm sure that um, they would say, well, hell yeah, nobody came to us to want to do a novelization for it. You're going to produce it? We don't have to pay any money for it? Fine. Um, you know, that kind of a deal. I, I'm just so busy that uh, it's hard to juggle everything the way I want, but that's one of many great ideas. Um, maybe, yeah. maybe, Tom, you can do a little bit of research on your own free time as anybody that's an author of mine listening to me, and I think this is the after-hours show or some part of Francie's show mm-hmm. uh, where people listen to it in the archives, but um, that um, maybe do a little research and see what independent films are going around um, that are in production and um, um, kind of approach them with a simple email or something on Facebook or something saying, hey, you know... Um, into novelization uh, this uh, I got a publisher that would be interested and uh, I'm willing to do it uh, yeah that would yeah. actually save me some footsteps if if you guys did the, the work with that just the you know the footwork around the internet and and I'd be more than willing to uh, to publish that sucker um so, you know, uh, otherwise I would be doing the footsteps myself. Mm-hmm. Or if I, um, if if we were farther along, um, I would be able to pay somebody to do it for me too. But authors can do that themselves. And it's a good yeah. idea to just kind of look around. And, and because that, that can help um, spread your name along with a movie. And even in the credits, it would be in the credits. It would be, you know, the whole nine yards. It's it, just mm-hmm. like... A lot of what we do these days, it's not like going to make us a ton of money, but it's going to get us that more out there in a different way. Yeah. I, yeah. So but maybe, hopefully one of these years I'll get out west there and get to a convention where you're at and, you know, and all that, or even out there for oh, well, yeah. one oh, yeah. year. Or, or if I could go to Michigan, you can show me around. <laughs> um and uh or or something you know one of these yeah days. that'd be fine too yeah that'd be fine too yeah yeah so um but yeah maybe uh yeah tom uh kind of uh poke around sometime within the next week or whenever whenever you feel like it and see what independent films um are are in production horror in a, or whatever you like horror is what Let's I see if they want to have it printed into a novel though. of a science fiction kind of a thing. Well, but, I mean, I have uh, and, some, uh, and maybe I you can you can tell me so about it, and mm-hmm. we can figure out a proposal for them instead of yeah. you just going to them. As long as you do the footwork and bring something to me, then I can say great. Then we can we'll, we'll approach them this way. Uh, if other yeah. authors did that, that would be great too. Um, yeah. And you know, and yeah, yeah. Coach them and have them Something see if they there. want a novelization to their independent film, and then go from there. I know a few, so I yeah. can always ask them. Yeah, 
exactly. So. Oh, yes, we're still live. We're in the, um, oh, Francis, Francis, I thought you went to the bathroom. We were going to send a rescue party for you, Francie. Oh. And we thought you fell in and you couldn't get out. Tidy Bull Man is a terrible person. He's terrible. He, he holds millions of children hostage. Hey, you know, that uh, makes me think about that Horror Nation um, thing I got on Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. I acquired it because I, I, was, I joined it. it. It started in 2012, and I joined it. And I, um, when I was like one day I was going through the groups that I have, and I went to that one, and it said, this group has no ad- administrator. Would you like to be the administrator for it? And I said, well, yeah, hell yeah. It's got 2,500 people, and I just kind of took it over. And then now it's got almost a thousand more than what it had when I took over. And uh, um, it and right at the top it says sponsored by Black Bedsheet Books. So everybody that goes on it knows about Black Bedsheet Books. Every once in a while, well, my authors are of course welcome to post just like anybody else their horror books. So that's exploitation right there. And then, you know, make I'm trying to make it a unique place where I find sick and twisted things to post up there, too. I'm learning the ropes better these days about, um, about uh, trying to, you know, uh, bring more attention to, um, to the Black Bed Sheet Books official site and all that stuff, too. Uh, and uh, But, yeah, it's like... Uh, Things are looking a little bit well. I'm getting more attention online, so I'm trying to build that and build that and build that a little bit, and then you know, throw them every once in a while. Black bedsheet books bones, and you know, and cool. kind of feed them that so that as as everything grows, so does our reputation, kind of in the middle, like subliminally, you know. <laughs> anyway, I can go on. I, I think we should go. <laughs> okay. Well, it was good talking to you, Nicholas. It always is. Uh, just, oh, I'm real yeah. excited and happy for you and excited for all of us. And Like, like I said, 2020 is going to be a great year. Year of clarity. You know, yes, uh, indeed. Onward, uh, it, onward and upward. Yeah, onwards and upwards. No matter how the world works, we're going to survive, and people are going to love our writing. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, already do, but you know we're gonna. As long as I can building. entertain them, I'm doing good. Yeah, exactly. I figure that's the biggest compliment um, I can have to Francie, be entertaining. Francie saying we're on the red zone on the switchboard. So, alrighty, I guess until next right. Sunday, we'll figure yep. out what uh, Francie's gonna do next Sunday. But yay, yay. Okay, Tom. All right. Oh, good night, Nicholas. Good night, Francie. Uh, Francie says, "Love you, Tom." Yep, love you too. Bye. Have a good okay, night. Okay, bye. Happy holidays. Bye. Happy holidays. Happy Christmas. Happy everything. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye. Bye.